0: You are listening to the V-Backlink podcast. This is special episode 10, and today is Julie's birthday. Her not so favorite day, but I'm making her celebrate it because <laughs> I'm grateful for her. So, today we're going to learn a little bit more about Julie just after our awesome intro.
1: The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan.
0: All right, Julie, are you ready? Oh, I guess. It's your birthday. This is so uncomfortable (laughs) for me. Like,
2: I just, my birthday's just always been so uncomfortable.
0: I don't know why. Well,
2: Actually, get over it why, because <laughs> people love
0: you and we're all grateful for you. I keep telling me right her that. for
2: how I did your birthday weekend in November.
0: <laughs> now you next. get an episode. <laughs> um so today I thought it would be fun to share some information about Julie. She has quite I would I want to call it a resume really of in life. She's got quite the quite life self. resume. She does a lot of things that people may not ever even have known or thought of that she maybe even been capable of. Nothing bad, don't worry. Um, but that you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to ask a couple questions today, or I'm going to ask a couple questions today, and we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, where are you from, and how many places have you lived? Because I feel like every time I talk to you, you're like, yeah, when I lived here, when I lived there when i'm like how many stinking places has this girl lived <laughs> i've lived in one oh place i am boring <laughs> salt lake city <laughs> i know it's like
2: my boring. husband he's like um i lived in west valley and sandy mm-hmm. and then he went on his mission to canada all and right. then since he married me we've moved three times <laughs> 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 that tells you a little bit about me
0: you're all over the place yeah
2: i i i'm um, growing up my dad moved around a lot just um he was an entrepreneur and had you know a bunch of different jobs here and there it's like moving on from one thing to the next we weren't in the military or anything but i was born in san jose and when i was one okay. we moved to payson utah then we moved to provo utah and then we moved you know, a couple of different places around there and then we lived in the Kearns and taylorsville and west jordan and um west valley and just a bunch of different houses, and like one house we only lived in for like six months because some weird thing happened with the closing paperwork. And then we moved to this little rinky dink town called Aurora, Utah, mm-hmm. in population 964 oh, my or goodness. something. Yes, there were town. Three, <laughs> three little towns made up my high school, and the graduating class of my senior year was like 84 people.
0: Oh, yeah. That's three towns. That would be yeah. a nice, really That really would be nice, graduation, because it wouldn't take all day.
2: Oh, yeah. It took like two hours.
0: I'd be okay with that.
2: Then after that, I moved to Phoenix, Arizona during my senior year of high school, and I got kicked out of my house, which is a little interesting fact. (laughs) Um, I did. And then a year after that, I joined the Army, and I moved to... Missouri for basic training and then I was in Georgia for AIT and then I lived in South Korea for two years and then I lived in Hawaii for two years Mm -hmm. and then back to Utah and I lived in my with my mom in Richfield, Utah and then I moved to Orem and then I got a job in Salt Lake so I moved to Midvale and then that's where I met my husband and then we moved a to Midville, and then we moved to West Jordan, and now we live in Lehigh. And we've lived there for like two and a half years. No, it'll be three years coming up soon. So that's quite the
0: So on top movie. of a lot of places <laughs> that you've lived, you've lived in a million cities here in Utah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Just all over <laughs> Holy the place cow. in Utah.
0: Yeah. Holy cow. Well, glad you're here. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> um, so you met your husband in Midville. Mm-hmm. How did you meet him?
2: Oh, we met at church.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs)
2: Singles ward. For those that are LDS, singles ward success story. We hang out in the same group of friends and there's like three guys and three girls. And I had a crush on his friend and he had a crush on me, but his friend didn't date girls in his same ward or church group because it causes drama. And so I gave up on his friend ever asking me out on a date. And then that week that I gave up on his friend, his friend knew very well that I did that then my husband Nick asked me out on our first date and I was really uncomfortable I told a guy I worked with in a cube next to me he was in my singles ward too and he said and I said oh my gosh I think Nick Francom is going to ask me out on a date what do I do and he was like Nick Francom and I was like yeah he's like do you even like him and I'm like we're friends and so I was gonna dump him but then I felt like I should not dump him you know but like I always give a guy a first date because because I feel like it's just nice and then like Can't
0: judge a book by it yeah color. and
2: then after the second date I was gonna just have the like friends conversation with him but then I felt like it was important to not do that and so I was dating two guys at the same time my husband and this other guy that was much more my type at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And then that other guy got really creepy, really fast. And so then dumped him and here I am now. Here eight years are. and four kids later and how many houses? Three, eight yeah. years, four
0: kids, three houses, oh four cars. Goodness. I don't know. Julie's, <laughs> I say I'm a busy bee. I think Julie's no, not a I'm busy just, bee in life.
2: I'm not busy anymore. I used to be really cool, but now I'm just... <laughs> boring mom (laughs) Uh, I think you're pretty awesome
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so one more thing on your husband Nick okay okay so we all have them right (laughs) pet peeves oh so what's your what's your pet peeve and then what's your favorite thing about okay
2: so my biggest pet peeve with Nick well there's two of them he leaves the kitchen cupboards open Mm. All the time. Mm-hmm. And it drives me nuts because the whole house, like, let's be honest, I have four kids under six. So my house is not clean. And like the floor is mostly the the more cluttered part. But when you leave the cupboards open, it just makes the whole entire <laughs> house look dirty. Right. So, and, but I've been bugging him on that for, you know, since we've been married and he'll never change. So Eight
0: years and he hasn't changed. Nope.
2: <laughs> He's set in his ways. Oh
0: man. And then
2: the other thing is he leaves like wadded up like paper towels everywhere. He'll just like use one. And then crinkle it up like you know, wipe his nose or wipe up a stain or a splotch of water or some spilled oh, milk or anything. Man. And then he'll just leave it right there. For about uh, me. Eight
0: years. <laughs> eight years <laughs> he's was...
2: been doing it. And I tell him every day. And we've had more fights over just like a random tissue left somewhere than <laughs> over probably anything. Oh else. my gosh. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> you know Um my I do something maybe a little similar. I it's not really about me, but I can relate. I leave like recycle piles so maybe he's just recycling no
2: that's oh. not it at all. <laughs> okay <laughs> no he'll go if i throw like a can a can away in the trash he'll like open the trash and see the can and take it out to put it in our recycling bucket but he doesn't put in the recycling bucket he, he like puts the- it on the counter oh man and then i put in the cycling bucket okay. which you think i would just learn to put, put it, it in, in the, the recycling <laughs> bucket be- but now it's just like a matter of point <laughs> and just, you know, I don't know. It's a oh, thing, but, man. you know, if that's the only problems we have, then you You're know, doing we're doing pretty good. Pretty
0: good. Yep. <laughs> All right. So what's your guilty pleasure? Oh, wait, but
2: you got to tell me my favorite thing about him.
0: Oh, yeah. What's your favorite thing about him? Sorry. So
2: he is. Well, I have two favorite things, too. So he is such a good dad. Like he I never have to worry about him doing good with the kids and taking care of them. Like, you know, we, we co-parent, he's not like, he doesn't like give me a break. He's just a good dad, you know? And so I never have to worry. Like if I'm at a birth, it's taking a really long time or overnight, or if I have a migraine or I've got lots of health issues. And he's always, All I got to do is tell him I need to go lay down Mm -hmm. and he will let me go lay down as much as I need. I'll I'll lock the door, put earplugs in. He makes sure the kids don't bother me. And it's really been helpful for me, like, um, dealing with my health issues, but also starting this business. Cause you know, we, we take several nights a month to record Mm -hmm. podcasts and we teach classes on a full, like every, like a full Saturday, Saturday. (laughs) one Saturday a month. And, you know, countless hours, um, going back and forth to business meetings and, all sorts of things. And so it's really nice that I don't have to even think twice about my kids being okay while I'm gone. And so then there was another thing that I was going to say, but I don't remember. Oh, I think it was just like always understanding when I say I need some time for self-care and not like complaining or bugging me or, oh my gosh, you've been sleeping for an hour and I'm so sick of these kids. Like he doesn't do that which is nice. Like, I mean, like, understanding. yeah, he's very understanding and kind, and he's very generous and helpful. And like I said before, like, he totally was not my type when I started dating him. But now I see like, he's exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not have done this, like right now, this stage in life with what was my type when I was dating people. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense yep. or not. Yeah. No,
0: totally. I love it. <clears throat> and it's so true. I mean, you can't, as a doula and now, as we're learning as a podcaster, um, <laughs> you can't do it without that support. Mm-hmm. So, so grateful for him. So, thanks, Nick, for letting her come over and be with me all the time. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, what's your guilty pleasure?
2: My guilty pleasure. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm gonna have all my health nuts are gonna be like, <gasps> you
0: don't Reese's peanut butter no. cups. Red Bull. Red Bull. Yeah, I was going to say Red Bull.
2: <laughs> Sugar-free, though, so that's like, well, I guess that's either good or bad, just depending on what you're <laughs> Guys, I seriously, like, I say, like, I am always caffeinated, but I am always caffeinated. Like, that is the truest statement in the world in this stage of my life right now because I've got four kids and one's five, one's three, one's two, and one is one. And that is a lot of kids and sometimes one of them wake me up at night and sometimes all of them wake me up at night Mm -hmm. and I haven't had a four hour stretch of sleep in years probably.
0: Wow. I know it's insane. Four hours? I don't know how you do that.
2: Well, I mean, like, it's like seven hours, but, like, it's broken up into, like, two-hour chunks or sometimes one-hour chunks or sometimes 20-minute chunks when my three-year-old just decides to get crazy.
0: Oh, my gosh. It used
2: to be, like, a year ago, he would have night terrors and sleepwalk for, like, eight Mm -hmm. months straight at least once a night, usually two or three. He would come running down the hallway sleeping in a night terror and screaming and we couldn't wake him up we can do anything but just hold try and hold him and like keep him from hurting himself for like 40 minutes mm. two or three times a night, night for eight awful. months and he yeah so sleepwalking night terrors mm. it was awful it was so awful anyways
0: yeah oh. <laughs> so that's why we'll i'm caffeinated with. <laughs> always you know and okay so red bull red, red bull, bull syrup.
2: or chocolate you know i have some reese's in the freezer
0: yeah Okay, so uh, you apparently are the rock paper scissors queen. Yeah, you've got a strategy. So I've are got you? Mad not, I'm sure you're not going to give away your strategy.
2: Oh, it's all psychological. But, okay. It's intuitive. It's kind of like the same skills I bring in the birth space. Okay, is I just I my rock paper scissors intuition has been fine tuned oh, to the point okay. where I will win a good majority of the time. As evidenced by when I was in South Korea serving in the military, they had an Armed Forces Rock, Paper, Scissors championship, and I was the championship for the whole United Forces, United States Forces, South Korea. Right, there was play. even a newspaper article. Let's do it. Well, I don't know your Rock, Paper, Scissors style. Well, Okay, hold on. Let's, let's see what... Kay. Let's see, guys. Let's Kay. see how... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I was just practicing with Owen, my five-year-old today, and I, I beat him every time. I always
0: lose. It, <laughs> I gotta paper, let him scissors.
2: win. Like I got to the point where with Owen, I can predict what he's gonna throw, so I throw down the losing side of it, so that <laughs> I, so that he can win sometimes. Oh, <laughs> now Kay. I'm on the spot. It's a little stressful. Okay, yeah, Ooh, here we go, guys. Kay.
0: Okay, ready? Doc, paper, scissors. Oh.
2: First of all, won. you do it four times. No, you don't. No, know. you do rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I don't do shoot. Well, <laughs> you didn't clarify that, so we need to do it. Okay. I won, guys. Do you want to do I it won. a three? You don't want you let's cheated. Do it again. Okay. okay.
0: Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> I was doing shooting. you, you shooting be, be, It's guys. a
2: miracle that we run this business <laughs> because <laughs> clearly we have issues. Okay, let's do it this time. Throw okay, on time. shoot. Okay. Okay, ready. Rock, paper,
0: scissors, shoot. Oh, wrong paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, you oh, won! You. Dang it! <laughs> Whatever, this is not over. Oh, that was fun. All right. <laughs> That's all right. I like your strategy, and I like your intuition. I like it.
2: Oh, You messed me up. There was a whole shoot, <laughs> not shoot thing.
0: You, you were, were trying most, to mess with my put, strategy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm laughing so hard. Okay.
1: Call right. me out. So... <laughs>
0: If for all of you out there that do not know, which I think this would be really stinking cool to do. I've actually never even. Okay, I actually take that back. It happened a couple years ago. I sat on a horse for the very first time two years ago and I walked around this little stable and that was about it. But my question or my fact for all the listeners is, did you know that Julie has trained horses? Mm -hmm. Yep, she has. I did know that. And she has been kicked in the head by a horse. Mm -hmm, That's true. Tell us the story.
2: So when I was in high school, remember, uh, reference a uh, little town called Aurora, 960 people. There was mm-hmm. like three entrances to my town and all of them had cow farms, each entrances. So you like smell manure and then you're like, oh, I'm home. Um, <laughs> Ooh, welcome I home. I know, I know, <laughs> right? Smell of poop. <laughs> <laughs> smell of cow poop. So na- like naturally, like horse riding was a pretty popular thing. And um, after we moved, we had a fairly large property. So... We bought some horses and in various stages of um, being trained or broke, they call them broke mm-hmm. Your broken horse. doesn't mean like actually broken, but that just means like broken to ride them. So like trained to ride. Mm-hmm. And so um, so we had a lot of horses and we bought, I mean, like I had trained a horse who was like three or four years old, which is way past the time you would typically break a horse in, but she was um uh, kind of living in more of a, kind of a malnourished, um, she was kind of malnourished and her hooves were really long. And so we had to go and get her shot and, you know, feed her and get her healthy. And I trained her and then she had a baby and uh, like we, we bred that, we bred horses and anyways, it was lots of fun. And so I trained my, that horse, her name was Honey. She's a beautiful, like dark brown horse with just like this glowing coat of hair. And anyway, so I trained her and took her to the state fair and I won five ribbons of the state Which fair with awesome. her when I trained all by myself. But there's this other horse I was named and her the horse's name was Aurora and the town was Aurora. And so maybe that was the thing. But like people, um, this horse was actually from Salt Lake area and we're about two and a half hours south of Salt Lake at that point. And so I had the horse and people would like refer me to other people, and then they I would they would pay me to train their horses, and because I was a teenager and I was like really good at what I did, but because I was a teenager, oh they could tra- pay me like two hundred to three hundred dollars to get their horse trained st- instead of paying like a thirty mm-hmm. to forty year old man like a thousand to twelve hundred dollars. Right. And so, um, but at that time, like I was fourteen and fifteen, and I was like living large, like two hundred dollars. Heck yeah, done. yeah. Um, but I was really good at what I did, and so I was in the round corral. And for those of you. That don't know anything about training horses. It's like a a big circle, like corral. Um, it's not huge. It's just enough to where like you can. It's
0: like what I rode the horse on. Like I just like trotted yeah. around.
2: And it's like close enough that you can hold the lead rope. And mm-hmm. um, but anyways, but there's like black walls. So it's like the black walls go higher up past the horse's head, and it's all black. So like the horse doesn't have any outside distractions or anything. And so it's just you and the horse in this round corral, and um. I was using a method by the horse whisperer by like chasing around in circle and like getting them to turn inwards to me. And that and like it shows that they're like submissive and like face, uh, facing you. And then we walked in this whole thing. And my dad was sitting outside the round corral looking in just like through this little hole um, just to keep an eye on things. And I guess the horse started giving me problems. And so my dad stood up to come in and help me and by the time he got in i was like on the ground in a seizure mm. and so the, either the horse had kicked my head which they're pretty sure is what happened or the horse stepped on my head after i like if i lost my balance but like nobody knows i i don't remember anything three days before that, that accident happened. like i last you thing i remember, remember was being camping at my family reunion oh
0: my gosh over that yeah
2: so i was in a coma i was like life to oh my gosh. um LDS hospital, just, like, right across the street from where we're at now, pretty much. Well, mm-hmm. not across the street, but down the street. pretty close, yeah, down the street. And I was in a coma for about 10 days. The last wow. part of it was, like, drug-induced. But I woke up, and I they had to, like, they just didn't know what was going to happen to me. Like, they didn't know if I was just going to be a vegetable something. or, like, or what. And so... um I just remember, like, the parts that I start remembering and like, being really frustrated because all I wanted to eat was a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would order from the cafeteria menu. You know, they have the little form you fill out for your food for the mm-hmm. next day. And I, I'd be like, okay, yeah, chicken and mashed potatoes, but no gravy. I would just always write out, no gravy, please. Like, really nice, right? And then they would always bring my food with gravy on it. And I would get upset because I don't like gravy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so then I kept on doing the. Two or three days in a row, no gravy, please. Like um, sometimes big, you know, letters, no gravy, please. And then, like one day, I wrote all capital letters over the whole paper, no gravy, please. Oh. And then they still brought gravy. And so oh then my gosh. on the next meal, I crossed every, all the food off. And then there's like a little section at the bottom, I wrote, Can you just make me a grilled cheese sandwich, please? And then they brought me a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh my I
0: was gosh. like, You can't
2: just like, not put gravy on my mashed potatoes, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean that's too hard. But you can make me something that is not even on the menu. Oh <laughs> my girls. gosh! Yeah. So I remember the first time I had a cheeseburger, a McDonald's cheeseburger, which is like not Probably even good.
0: Tasted as much, but as, like, as a Red Bull. Like, but but, but, <laughs> but the my
2: moment. my um the part of my brain that was that um controls my um senses like the five senses was ha- part of that had the dam part of it, was, it was damaged and so. I couldn't taste or smell anything for like eight months.
0: Oh my gosh. I know, right?
2: And so... That'd be awful. So I ate food just like kind of based on texture more. And like, there's still some foods now that I don't eat that I used to like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was funny because I had this expectation of this cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. And because my taste and taste smell it. was like so bad,
0: oh. it Ruined I it.
2: took one bite and I just... Oh, yeah. threw it to the side and I kind of had pretty, probably like a breakdown or whatever because I was so sad mm-hmm. I've been trying for so long my mom finally just went and got me a cheeseburger because it kept putting gravy on my food mm-hmm. and anyways but like I remember having to like my math teacher forwarded over some like or fax some math problems over so that they could see like how my brain was functioning and wow. I was on the drill team so I was dancing in high school and so they had me do like my dance routines that we had learned at, like, dance camp a few weeks before the accident. And, wow. like, uh, they, I had to go shopping. Like, we walked away from the hospital. And we went to a little convenience store. And I had a $5 budget. So I had, like, like this whole, like, life skills thing. So they gave me $5. And they're like, okay, we're going to go to the store. You need to plan out a dinner, pay for it, come back to the hospital, and make it in the kitchen. So I went and I bought a thing of spaghetti and a thing of spaghetti sauce and a loaf of bread. And we came back and I made spaghetti just to prove that I could do do everything. But I was so frustrated because I felt fine. I knew I was fine. But like they had me do all these things. And I just remember crying to my mom. I'm like, I'm not a psychopath, I think is like the word I said. Like, I'm not stupid. I can do all these things. And yeah, so that was a thing. That's hard. Yeah. And then I couldn't, couldn't have my driver's license back for a few weeks or months or I don't even remember how long, probably a couple months. And then the day I got my driver's license back, was September 11th. So it was like, I was, it was, I had an appointment because so i go to the DMV and do like the little driving test to make sure like all my cognitive things were functioning properly and I got out of bed and the Twin Towers were on fire and, or, you know, smoke and stuff and we listened to the radio the whole way there and while we were there like everybody was just, you know, fixated on all of it. Mm. So when people say what you were doing, what were you doing on 9-11, I always say I was getting my driver's license back because that's what I was doing. It's, yeah. Very easy to remember, but
0: yeah. Wow. I know. We've been through a lot.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. One last question. Sure. What's the craziest thing you've done? That seemed really crazy.
2: Craziest thing I've ever done. Yeah. I went skydiving in Hawaii. (gasps) That was fun. But I was strapped to somebody who was much more experienced than me. Yeah. I have a video to prove it. So my ex-husband's in that video. So that might be a little awkward.
0: Mm -hmm. Like I've never shown it to my
2: current husband.
0: Do you think you would be worried about?
2: No, he's not that type of guy. He's just super chill. But like, I would be weird about it. I don't know why. Just like watching a video of me, my ex-husband's in it with my current husband next to me. Yeah, that it, might be weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm But sure skydiving,
0: that, that's on my bucket list.
2: Yeah, but he's only in the first part and the last part. But like the skydiving part, I'm alone with this guy. And like, I'm like, arms yeah. are flapping and I like have elephant skin because it's like, shh. <laughs> but like there's video, the videographer and camera guy was like scanning all around and you just like, it's like, right. You could see like the whole island and the beach oh, and the ocean and all. Oh, yeah. It was pretty, pretty epic.
0: That'd be amazing. I've been on a, like a small plane in Hawaii and we went and flew over. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing to skydive over.
2: Yeah. It was pretty awesome. I'm trying to think of crazy things. That's like, pretty crazy. Yeah.
0: Not a lot of people go skydiving. Yeah. I love it. I did
2: swimming with the dolphins, where like I held oh, the dolphins. Oh, that's
0: my dream. Yeah, that's got pictures like, of that too. I'm not that's sure that's on where my bucket list, but that's like that's an actual dream of mine. Yeah, like I love dolphins. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Yeah, like, it's pretty cool. Might be a little weird. My that was in Hawaii little little also. Because I seriously love dolphins. I <laughs> that would be so cool.
2: When I was in South Korea, I got my appendix removed in a mm-hmm. Korean hospital. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that was insane. I went to the emergency room because something was like really bad, and then they the ambulance driver on base drove me it was just me and the ambulance driver and my cell phone was back in my barracks room and so i got to the hospital and then and then this the ambulance driver is a soldier right and he's like 11 o'clock at night and he's like i have pt at six o'clock in the morning so i'm gonna leave and so i'm alone in this korean hospital You're like
0: okay thanks kay?
2: which the emergency room is super busy okay imagine if you will like beds just packed together right and i'm just waiting cuz i am in pain i'm just waiting to see like what they're going to do with me and i am and there are no curtains between the beds and so i am lying probably 2 feet away from somebody on either side of me mm-hmm. um one lady was just like in this pile of like her, like spit up blood type oh. thing and she like wasn't breathing like uh... i i could not see her breathing so i was like terrified and then this Other eye sitting next to me um, was talking to somebody else and he just would just randomly start screaming like obviously something traumatic was happening to him and I'm just Mm -hmm. sitting there like on the bed and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing and like I hate to be the one crying for attention because there's like this huge accident on the freeway and it's just crazy and so like I finally just walked up to a doctor and I'm like do you speak English do you speak English because I didn't know very much Korean I said, I just need to use your phone. So I called like the staff duty number that I had memorized is the only number that I had memorized Korean number. Uh And, um, and then I had them get my cell phone from my barracks room. And then I had them call this Sergeant first class that I was friends with and can ask him to come to the hospital Because like you, nobody had a car in Korea, like unless you were like a senior NCO or, or an officer, Mm -hmm. you just didn't have cars, just enlisted people just didn't. And so he came there. And then by that time they'd done an MRI and my, uh, I had to get my appendix removed and they operated and my appendix burst on the operating table. I like, you just can't make this stuff up. Wow. And so then I just remember, like, waking up to, like, getting out of bed to trying to go to the bathroom with my arms around, like, my first sergeant's neck and, like, crying because they hadn't given me any pain mm-hmm. relief yet past the surgery. Ow. Oh, yeah, it was awful. So I was in the hospital for, like, three days.
0: That is crazy. Yeah. And they, they, they were going to life flight
2: me to the military base, like, the big hospital military base in Seoul because I was in this town called Daegu. And, but it was like a big winter storm, and so they couldn't life fight me because it was too dangerous, mm. and so that's why they transported me to the um, Young Sun, Young Sun Hospital. Uh, wow. No, it wasn't Young Sun. It was, Soo Moon. It was across the street from the Soo Moon. It's like this open air market, and like you go and, wow. um, anyways, uh, it was a hospital, something university hospital, <laughs> something other. Either anyways. way,
0: that's. that's- yeah so i was nuts i had like the
2: srt guys which is kind of like swat team but like for the military police i was good buddies with um a bunch of the guys in the srt team and they snuck me in some um pokey sticks which is like a little Mm kind of like a pretzel with chocolate covered but it's not a pretzel it's a different kind of like biscuit thing and those are my favorite and they wouldn't let me eat until i had a bowel movement and so the srt guys snuck me in some pokey sticks Crazy. that was fun that's awesome yeah
0: Learning so Ain't many it. things about Julie right oh, yeah. now. Lots of All right. <laughs> okay. Well, if I was confident in my vocal cords, I would sing you happy birthday. But Please I'm don't. not. <laughs> so and like I literally can't even sing happy birthday. Oh. I can't sing it. I cannot. Oh. It, I know, can sing so- it in
2: Korean. Do you want me to sing it in Korean right now? Sure. Okay. I don't I'm not a very good singer either. I will try and not mess it up. My accent isn't.
0: Right. It's this white girl
2: from Utah accent.
0: Wouldn't know what you. I wouldn't even know what it sounds Kay. like. So go ahead.
2: So here is Happy Birthday in Korean. It goes like this: Sing <speaking in> o tuka hamnida, <Korean> sing <speaking> tuka <in> hamnida, <Korean> Julie, sing <speaking> tuka <in Korean> hamnida
0: yeah something like
2: that so those of you that speak korean don't
0: that's awesome critique
2: me on that. that's (laughs) super
0: awesome that's my
2: american accent version happy birthday julie thank you
0: (laughs) i hope everybody else is excited about the giveaway today as well we will have our giveaway this afternoon so if you haven't yet it's not too late hurry 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 well unless you're listening to this like on saturday then it's too, too late. late.
1: Sorry. <laughs> um, but head over
0: and to our post that was posted on Tuesday and enter the giveaway for a $40 gift card and a VBAC necklace and our VBAC essential guide. Happy birthday to Julie. Thank you. And happy birthday or thanks for Julie for giving a birthday present to all of you. Yay.
1: Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to the dot com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.